ride the tiger. Matt, we had our first guest, man. So uh, what did you think about the process? Tommy. Uh, I, I think that it's, for me, I felt like I was, I might be saying something like I was trying too hard. Like I, I wanted it to be great. I wanted it to be like an experience like you and I have had in there. And so I talked over Tom a lot and I didn't let him answer questions. And so my my thing is uh, if we want the everyman to be able to come in here and really, really be uh, authentic, we need to let them, we need to let them uh, be themselves without trying to milk it for what we think it should be. But at the same time, I want it to be entertaining. So it's, it's a conflict, bro. Yeah. I mean, my impression of you is you're often trying too hard. Uh, you could be more like me where you casually slip in, you know, some raunchy words and that always seems to work and it's very casual. It's very subtle, but you're, you do seem to try way too hard. It's an issue I have. That's uh, most of my cover letters and job interviews. I, I usually mention that my biggest fault is I tried too hard and now I can use Tom as a reference because Tom could be like, yeah, that prick is trying too hard walking all over my, my advice. The, the one thing I got out of it though, as, as like, you know, not just related to how we interview people is, is I have like this sense of fear now, like a sense of helplessness coming my way because I thought Tom and you expressed like a real sense of just like, there's nothing you can do about managing your kids online presence. And it kind of made me a little nervous about what's coming my way having a 12 year old daughter. Like Absolutely. I thought Tom did a good job, whether he liked it or not, of expressing like it's just really an uphill battle. And so I, I think, you know, the listeners out there that have kids, hopefully they got that because he did a good job of that. Yes. And he went right to like, you'll be a sex offender, which I thought was on point. I I do regret <laughs> not saying not every kid is like that. Not every kid goes to that level. So we Tom and I may have had that experience, but not every kid is going to do sinister, crazy shit on the phone. And I think we are just uh, insanely frustrated by it all with our own kids, which is not to incriminate them. I think, honestly, a lot of what I know my own kids have done has been somewhat normal. But Yeah, that's the other thing I got. I kind of walked away thinking on the other side, it's like I was left in fear. And then the other thought, the other side was like, maybe it's just kind of normal behavior that we're, it's a natural thing to do. If you have access to something, you're going to, you're going to look at it. And so maybe, maybe it's not a total freak show. Like we think it's just modern society and everything will be fine. But how are we going to find out? You're not going to really know what happens with how society evolves and how your children evolve for a long time. So, so part of me has, is living in sheer fear right now, making me fear getting out of bed because I might wake up and see my daughter looking at hate speech on TikTok. But the other <laughs> side of me says, ah, let her, you know, let her. She wants to join Al-Qaeda. It's, it's a learning experience for her. Why and, not? Uh, and Lance and Tom took a bullet for me, so they can, they, they told me not to worry about it. So. it. It's one of those things, though. It's it, difficult to not jump down a rabbit hole related to society's issues because, I mean, if you look at some of these things, like 66% of men are single. Uh, the views Pornhub is getting are <laughs> growing astronomically by the day. Uh, there's a lot to be concerned about. Like people are interacting and you had mentioned too, 
people are interacting in such different ways, much more casual ways. It does feel like a bit of a threat to humanity. It's sort of like sexual revolution stuff gone bad. Yeah. It's, I, I just want, I wonder if, if we're able to put Pornhub analytics next to seniors 94 analytics, who would win, but we don't need to look, we don't need to, we don't need to think about that. But I, I think what's interesting, what I got uh, also like it, talking about having a guest on is it's so, it's so daunting where it's like, it's hard. You, we might, we could have not, this is no, no, uh, not saying anything about Tom or any of the other guests that we've tried to interview. We could have the most charismatic dude in the world. And the idea like talking about your teenager being obsessed with the phone is so daunting. It makes even the most charismatic person just be like, shit, I really don't know what to say. You know, that's what's even more demoralizing than listening to someone like bitch profusely and and express themselves. Uh The defeat in your faces was was what got me, (laughs) you know, Uh and uh, I don't know. But I don't well, there. So. Well, yeah, you don't know how to do a lot, but I think it's a weird dynamic because you're you're hoping that these r- normal dudes will get vulnerable. You don't necessarily know how to get them there, and <laughs> clearly, my tactic is to just drop in as much adolescent, uh, ridiculous penis genitalia type uh, um, jokes as possible to see see what we get. Uh, he wasn't taking it though. Did you he, succeed? I mean, how many times a day do you think that guy, our friend, uses the word anal, uses the word sexual predator, uses the word uh, dick pic, like in a normal conversation? Probably never. So you did succeed in getting those words to come out of his mouth. Is that success? We, to what end? That? I don't. Yes. To what end was it? Was it more entertaining or was it less? <laughs> this will always what, be the, the challenge with seniors ninety four. The crazy thing though that. W- you weren't even being like, those are real, real issues, which I know. That's another thing that shocked me. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you first are confronted with the idea of a dick pic, it, it's a very shocking, shocking thing. So I want to uh, ask so, you this though, on, yeah. on behalf of, of, of people close to you on behalf of myself and Tom, do you, is there anything in there that you remember? You're like, all right, I crossed the line, like in, in retrospect, I, I wonder I have one thing in my head where I want, where I think it played well, but I wonder if you, if it bothered you, like in, what in was that it? episode, I, yeah. I, I can't think of anything. I think it was all very related to the, uh, Just well, intele- I mean, intellectual risks, would you say? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was related to the, uh, to the conversation. So what, what did you hear? Well, I, so we talked about, and I think you made a good point. The, the point, it was kids that think that, that what they're seeing in porn is reality is ridiculous, right? Yes. But you didn't say it that way. You said if a dude that thinks a cock slap is a girl likes that is insane, right? Yeah. So what goes through your head when that comes out of your mouth? I think that the listeners, if they could get a look inside of Lance. I think it's, I'm a visual, visual person, man. I have to visualize. <laughs> I have to visualize how ridiculous something is in order to articulate it. And so I just kind of speak what, you know, there's a picture in front of me of what would be really wrong, and I describe it. So it's that simple. Can you describe what's that picture in a slow, romantic voice? We can go off air for this if you want, but I want to know uh, exactly. No, no. So, but that that so that's the thing where maybe someone goes, "He fishing for humor, or is he 
is he trying to give a descriptive thing which engages the listener more? It has nothing to do with trying to be like, I don't know, edgy or anything like that. Like, do you think that was an edgy comment or a, or just a real constructive comment about the ridiculous state of what's going on? There's no precognition here about what I'm going to say, buddy. There's no that's, planning. That's what I wanted to hear. There's just zero planning. Right. Hats off to you for going there. Yeah, dude. I've always gone there. I actually got comments about it, like people laughing, <laughs> like LOL, cock slap to the face, which might make me even more sad than what we're talking about. But I, I think people get it sometimes. Sometimes. I think a lot of the things I say, they're, they're actually, they make sense. But the, one could argue you don't need to embellish with something that absurd. I just don't care, though, about those people. Yeah, I, I think yeah, that's the point. My question is is like, well, I don't know, not not to give your chance to, yourself a chance to defend yourself, but those that concept is so real and so threatening to women, right? And mostly women. I mean, I don't know if men are in in a sexual situation. They're like, this this girl's treat me like like she wants me to do shit that she saw in porn. This sucks. So I think it's probably more threatening to women. But what you're saying actually is a in a in a weird way, a very protective thing to women that the guys shouldn't think that what what they see in porn is reality, and it's just your way of saying it. Like if you don't, if you're not connected, you might you might take that to be offensive. But actually, what you said is is very uh, is it's actually the exact opposite. It's intellectual risk, curiosity. It's intellectual curiosity. It's true though. It's risk, risk and, taking. Uh, yeah, risk. You taking. know, they, and some of your other messages, your know, commercial man. actually was kind of I know. the same thing. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh god. Well, let's talk more about you, man, because I think I think you're taking the bait on some of this raunchy stuff, and you're. So I can recall a news segment where you know I made one quick, casual joke about the old FB, you know, finger banging, and you just. Right, you just went on. That's another on one. Though, on. I'll say you, 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 you. The theme from underneath step. everything is nobody from needs to to give or, or receive an FB, as you called it, and that's a great message. You know, it's a great message. But uh, did we get it? We didn't get into that with Tom. I don't think. Maybe we should have him back in. For <laughs> <let's see. laughs> all right. Well. We got another guest this week, and we? it'll be interesting to see what happened there. I can already say, as I edit that, that it's uh, got some uh, got some zingers, Matt. Like, uh, what what do you think our point is of having Tom on, having the next guy on that are that are regular dudes going through some shit? You know, it's, I think it's for us, man. It's to talk to some people. We um, talk to some people about real issues in their life. It's cathartic. It's that simple. It's not about getting show hits. And I am trying to, I guess, in post, make the interviews sound interesting and entertaining, but that's not the primary objective. If it was, I wouldn't have a regular fucking middle-aged dude. I'd try to find, yeah, our friends that are used to being performers. Right. There you go. I couldn't say it any better. That was, that's what, that's what, that, I think that's what people need to hear. Mm-hmm, why do. you got these guys on and why should they come on more importantly and, and let some shit out because it's cathartic it's good for us 
if it's good for us, it's probably good for you. And it doesn't, doesn't, it's not done to get more followers or more hits. Right. Right. They also need to hear that F being gets you nowhere. You're going to FB, you're going to get nowhere. If we get anything out of this show, I think that should be our overall. Like, I, did, I hated the show, but they, they, Lance and Matt did, did teach me that F being is no one likes it. If, if we got a few people that, that, uh, you know, give a man a fish, Lance, feed him for a day. Give, give a man the idea that F being is bad, <laughs> feed him for life. So to speak. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. It does, man. It does. Yes, indeed. You just We've extended the runway in the lives of many people with that public service message. So, all right, dude. Tom Cruise does the worst movies. Uh, it's Monday, man. Not today, dude. He did a movie called Cocktail. So what? So what? Watch Cocktail and tell me it's not horrible. It's not. I don't know. Think about it. Tom Cruise has no good movies. Uh, I don't think... I'm not going to think about it. Mm -mm, I'm not going to think about it. The woke agenda's corporate sensitivity training has backfired. Pancakes are not good. What? What are you talking about? They are nasty. How, uh, how, how are they nasty? Think about it. They are round. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Think about it. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. You can no longer express unpopular opinions in the workplace today. Panda bears are ugly. Oh my god. What are you talking about? Think about it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Will do. Look at their face and fur. Tell me they're not ugly. Oh. Oh. Dude. Oh my god. Think about it. Uh huh. Okay. Yep. Yep. I will. No, think about it. Uh-huh, I will. Yep, I sure will. Woke liberals are the reason good ideas are shut out. This co-worker refuses to engage in a reasonable conversation. Sleeping bags don't really keep you warm. Oh, oh damn, here we are. Oh, sleeping bags, yep. Yes, indeed. Seriously, sleeping bags suck. Think about it. Okay. Wow. Wow. They're just crazy blankets with a zipper. Think about it. Uh-huh. I can't. I, I can't. I won't. I can't. I'm going to the bathroom. See ya. Blake Scott won't let the woke agenda suppress American business talent. This guy's ideas are just as valid as some left-wing diversity and climate-loving liberal. Blake Scott has this guy's back and will kick the butt of anyone who shuts him out. Blake Scott, your next state senator. Well, hey, Matt, I'd like to welcome you to the Middle-Aged Man 
news and trends. I've heard a lot of people are missing my newscaster voice. So I'm bringing it back. <laughs> no, I, I think everybody hates it. Um, article number one, Matt, signs of midlife crisis. This comes from Forbes.com, their coaches council. And there are about 15 reasons, Matt, why you've hit your midlife crisis. And I'm going to just share uh, three of them, if that's okay. Do you want me to hit all 15 or is three okay? Let's just start with three all right. and we'll see if, if it's fruitful. So reason number one, Matt, you're apathetic. Okay, this, this might be a sign you have a midlife crisis. You're apathetic. You feel blah about everything. Reason number two, you dread getting out of bed. Man, this council, they know their shit. Uh, this is a, if you dread getting out of bed, Matt, this is a sign change needs to be in your future. You need to change, Matt. And number three on their list, you're debating in your head, Matt, but you're not taking any action. So I think the council delivers on point advice. Uh, tell me, are you exhibiting any of these signs of midlife crisis? Man, I don't know. I'm just looking at this. Number one, you're apathetic. I'm like, uh, do I really care, man? Like, do I really care to answer if I'm having a midlife crisis? I don't really care. Sounds like some apathy, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You're working hard for that joke. To another article that comes straight from the Psychology Benefits Society. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling them from... <laughs> I'm pulling them from some really high-end media companies. Uh, this comes from Vanetta Dotson, and it's about losing interest, and it's about your motivation. And according to this article, many of those in middle age lose interest and motivation in some of the activities that they used to find joy in. So if you experience a more wide-reaching decrease in enjoyment of activities, you may have anhedonia. Anhedonia looks different for different people. Some people have no motivation to get started doing something new, and others may get going but find no pleasure in that activity. Matt, I'm getting older, and as you know, when it comes to editing your voice on Seniors 94, I may have a little anhedonia. What have you lost interest in lately? I think this article's wrong. Isn't anhedonia a, a famous wine region in Spain? I, I think they've got it all wrong. <laughs> Anhedonia, there's a wonderful grape there. And if you get a hold of five or six bottles of that that wine, you're not going to give a shit about any of that stuff. This is, I think, episode five for a lot of our listeners. I know we can't be negative. I think episode five is where a lot of our listeners got in touch with Anhedonia. That's when they started getting tired of Seniors 94. Yeah, I don't know if I'm, I'm interested in listening to Matt and Lance anymore. I know. I feel the same way, but that's not what it says on the analytics, the podcast analytics. We be booming. Hips don't lie, baby. <laughs> oh, God. I, anhedonia. I just, it's just, it's not worth talking about. Uh, all right, let's go on. This is actual an interesting article. Two types of creativity. Uh, according to research by the University of Chicago, this comes from Inc.com. Jessica Stillman, by the way, got to give Jessica due credit. Uh, according to research from the University of Chicago, economist David Gallinson, genius tends to cluster in your 20s or much later in life in your 40s and 50s. 
This because there are two types of creativity, conceptualist creativity and experimental creativity. Conceptualists usually have a groundbreaking or brilliant idea when they're young. Experimentalists typically piece together a body of work over time to create some brilliant collection, portfolio, or theory. Matt, seniors 94 may be our experimentalist breakthrough. Do you think this show will be as big as Darwin's Theory of Evolution published when he was 50 years old? I think it'll be bigger. This this makes a lot of sense to me because have you ever talked to someone in their 30s? They're so dumb and so useless. Like You can relate to someone in their 20s, 40s, or 50s, but 30 to 39 is just dead air. So I, I think David Gallinson has some valid, his research is valid. I back that up. Let's try one more. And it comes from Psychology Today. Zoran Ivesvek Pringle is the author. Creating, uh, it's, it's, it's titled, it's not titled. I make these titles up, people. You should know. Creativity requires taking risks. So new research shows that risk-taking is an important part of creativity. Intellectual risk-taking refers to actions that expose a person to the possibility of failing, such as trying to learn new skills or trying out new ideas. And in this recent study, those who were willing to take intellectual risks were more likely to believe that they had the ability to be creative and were more likely to engage in creative activities on an ongoing basis. Matt, we may be out on a limb with this podcast due to the things coming out of our mouth each week. Are we taking enough intellectual risk? Wow, that's that's a <laughs> how'd you find that one, man? It says it's written by Zorn Evsevich Pringle, who I think was uh, the point guard on Drazen Petrovic's uh, nineteen ninety three Yugoslavian European Champion team. But I think you probably wrote this actually. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wrote this nice name that you made up, Lance. But let's just say you wrote this to let everyone know. We got to take risks to to be to provide valuable content in other areas. That's what I think. What is an what do you what would you consider an intellectual risk? I don't really understand that term. Maybe because I'm too dumb. Which is kind of funny that I'm too dumb to understand an article that has used the term intellectual risk. But what well, I, what does I that think, mean? Well, I just put it in terms of this, this this thing we're doing. I think that very act of creating it and putting it out there. It's a it's a risk. Now, when you listen to the content, you, you might be confused about that. There's nothing intellectual here. That's not the point. The point is that you and I are working on learning a new skill uh, to talk on this thing and try to create some content that's interesting and funny. So it's, it's not necessarily that Seniors 94 is intellectual, but that's what I mean. <clears throat> are you willing to try something new? Are you willing to try pickleball, man? Are you willing to get out there, swing that composite plastic or wood racket and just let it fly i fear that i'll actually like it as you as will you will fear. like it it's easy is, on the knees is it not yeah because you don't want it it's easy on the knees if you play like 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 a person that doesn't care about success sure it's hard on the knees if you get after it but uh don't do you feel like what we're doing is more of an emotional risk or uh or a relationship risk than a than an intellectual risk the possibility of failing and learning new skills i get it we're learning a new skill uh 
we're not trying out new ideas though. These ideas have been in our head for years. We're just well we're just repeating them. But you're building a show, and that's all new. I mean, that's new. Debatable. <laughs> uh, the emotion piece. So, what's the fear there? The emotion piece is like, oh, people are going to think we're assholes, or we offended some folks. I think, yeah, that that's a legitimate fear or risk. But I don't think it's the same as the process of. Well, I'll just say from my vantage point, the editing and the learning about how to piece this stuff together is stuff I didn't know anything about. Um, yeah, you're definitely learning a, a skill or a trait there. That's yeah. true. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just literally talking shit and hoping for the best. Yeah, Zoran. but think about think about some of the things you said in the past and came back and was like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go to air with that. So you're learning, buddy. You're learning what's appropriate for you. Okay. I remember think that last show we I one taked it the whole three hours. One take, everything was perfect. Yeah. Right. Do you remember right, Lance? What, right. Well, you did. But do you remember when you we were practicing and you heard that commercial, the cucumber warmer, and you wanted to like simulate getting a cucumber out of your fridge and you know put it Yeah, live it, right? <laughs> I wanted to live the commercial. Oh we're unstoppable. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's break that down. The cucumber commercial, intellectual risk. What what what's the, what's the risk there? Um, I like the I like the fact that we can almost say anything now. Your commercials, open mic, whatever, and just we we'll just go. Well, look, we took an intellectual risk, and sometimes risks don't work out. You just just go as an intellectual risk. I agree, dude. This that's is, what I'm talking this is about. Freeing. Zor, what Zoran wrote here is freeing, actually, for anyone. I and Chalk exactly. it up. Every every dumbass thing you do in your life or positive thing you do in your life, I took an intellectual risk. And I can't even say it. Intellectual risk. Yeah. I guess Starbucks is going to use orange cups that say hi on them. That is so wrong. Orange makes me feel sad. That is not a cup color they should be using. For people who fall into normative power structures, I guess orange stimulates appetite. But for me, the color makes me sad and grumpy. I feel excluded. And they're gonna use the word high, like, I mean... That is so wrong! High is such a toxic word, it's so aggressive. Like, I don't need to be violated with the word high. Saying hi to me is like being publicly groped. I'm totally going to let them know I don't want this cup. Me too. All right, Dave. So it's great to see you, man, for real. Like we've lost touch and it makes me sad, bro. Yeah, there's about two people I keep in touch with and there'll be like this moment of, yeah, I need to call that that guy and we need to catch up. You've been in Seattle for a while. You're a middle-aged dude. You got uh, twin girls, life's busy. You said you don't keep, keep in touch with some of the old guys or? I'd like to, but it's, and if I can refer back to some of your, your early, earlier shows that I listened to, there's a lot, I mean, it's just so relatable. Uh, it's hard. So yeah, try to pick. It's so funny. It's like all you do is pick up the phone and be like, "Hey, Lance, what's up?" You know. I know. What's like, the barrier? A year goes by, and it's like, and you have the conversation with yourself. You're like, "This is how it's gonna go." 
Um, but I'll do that with people even that I really care about locally, which is crazy. It's like six months go by and one of my best buddies I haven't talked to at all. Right. Are, are we all depressed or what the fuck's going on here? Uh, I don't know. You look happy, I, actually. Yeah, no, I'm, good. I'm, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, but uh, apparently I internalize all my anxiety and depression that I don't see as that. So, and the only reason I say that is because I've been going through some weird health stuff that's a ghost. It's not real. Really? <laughs> Please be. Please be cock related for for ratings. Oh, Please be no, cock related. That, oh, that thing's, so, that thing's working like a champ. Ah, good for you, man. Good for you. <laughs> I want to like follow up with Lance. And what's the? Would you say, Lance? What's the? Uh, you said what's the? I don't know. What's the holdup? Or what's the? What's blocking him from from reaching out? And then I kind of want to know what's the pool of like why does it take a podcast for people to to get back together? Why why did you decide to do this? Uh, I guess the excuse to get together, man. That, yeah you know there's that barrier it's like oh they're into it they're, they're doing it so you know i don't know i don't know what it that's is what, that's what i wanted to hear because lance and matt we we built this thing and you're thinking about your life now and you're going i need to be a better person good job lance that, make, that five, makes a lot bro. of sense though because it's cool it's what's yeah. happening it's how mm-hmm. we're communicating as humans right now right uh how about yeah go ahead go ahead I want to be a part of it, right? So it's like everything we're doing is about it's real. It's real. How about that? It's yeah. real. It's really yeah. happening. So now, how know. do you how do you feel about the adolescent behavior on this podcast? Uh, it's refreshing. Because in your mind, you want to be like that all the time. Uh-huh. And you're just stuck in this world where that's just not acceptable. I know. I hate that world. Yeah. I know you always have. That's why I enjoyed you so much. Do you remember um, the com- conversations in the the band van? You don't remember yeah. some oh, of the deep, bit. deep thoughts. A little bit. I don't know if I could go into too much detail. I do remember looking over at my. Uh, I think she, we were already married at that point. Looking at Lauren, going, she's like, <laughs> oh, "That's she, a tough situation to be in on a road trip with Lance, you and your wife in a car for fourteen hours. That's tough." Although, listen to Lance, what he talks about. That's true. No, it is true. But I, I have to ask Lance, did you ever feel uncomfortable being that way around Laura, though? Did she ever make you feel like? No, she she is solid. She was easy for me. I think I felt bad for her being around uh, four or five guys all the time. Yeah. What did did because the Lance is kind of open and, and lets it all hang out, so to speak, did you guys like gravitate to that? And then you all became like people that were talking using using terminology Lance would use or, or was it just like oh there goes Lance again do you guys remember what it was like to yeah, be Yeah I think it, I think it was a little bit of both I think uh, I think for sure I mean we're all uh, what's that word I'm looking for it's uh, assimilation right where you kind of like get around someone from New Jersey and all of a sudden you have this accent you know it just I think that's yeah. the kind of creative process we were all in and it was just yeah, we kind of bounce stuff after each other. I mean, somebody would come up with something, and that would be like the, the talk of the day or whatever it was. But um, did you guys feel like with the time you had together, you had that like a real band experience where you're like, yeah, we, you relate to some stuff that these other bands talk about, complex success, all, everything that comes with stand up. You're by yourself, so you guys were rolling around in a band. Do you feel like, uh, yeah, we were we were like a working band, and we got a lot out of it. Good and bad. 
Uh, I think it was, yes, it was a lot harder than I probably wanted it to be, but I think we took it seriously at a certain point and it kind of changed. It pulled some of the joy out of it at least. And there was a lot of intensity and anxiety about it. Uh, and it, probably impacted some relationships. I think Dave and I were pretty aligned though and work ethic wise and what we wanted to do. Um, but it, yeah, there's some drama, man. It's unavoidable. It's, it's fun too. It's insanely fun. You know, it's so funny. Laura and I talk about this sometimes and, and it's like all these bands too. Some bands are not together very long, but it feels like a lifetime. Um, and if you really look at our timeline, we weren't a band very long. I mean, now that we're older, there's been so much life after it now that while we're doing it, what, what, five years, six years, five, probably five. And it felt like 15. Yeah, it did. It did. It felt like that was, it's wild. Um, and I think in that process, I think it was, it was very exciting the way we were building that, building it. I think, I think that we had no business being on stage at the beginning. Oh, but for there was three some, years, for three years, probably for three years. There were some moments, though, in some of those shows, <laughs> yeah. like, holy crap, that's pretty cool. But but and maybe and maybe that was enough. Musically, but, no fucking way. No, no, like, just, no business, no business. I mean, showmanship, <laughs> that was like, I guess, everything. But even that was a convoluted shit show once in a while. Like uh, I mean, yeah. half the time you were mad at me for saying something weird on the mic or Jake or or we were looking at you like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then, uh, but, but it wasn't like we were ever angry. It was like, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. We'll have a conversation and we'll talk about the set list or whatever. Yeah. And then there's perceptions with you, like with, I know on the side, that's like, what, why is the set, the set list we used last week was incredible. Why are we changing this? Or like a last minute set list change. And we're like, no, these work so good together. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and I know what that. Gave, Go sorry. What gave you the courage? Cause you, I knew we were terrible when we first started. But what gave you the courage to like get up on stage with this group of people and play what were ultimately pretty horrible songs with <laughs> no sense of dynamics or ability to entertain? And what? How did you get up there? Uh, did you did you ever ask yourself this too, or is this? I just think back because I, I and I also think back in terms of just who I am now. Yeah. Some of the, the effort that we put in, if you think about some of the weekend tours or four-day tours we did, the amount of driving for what are ultimately throwaway gigs. I mean, some of them ended <laughs> up being- people at bar. <laughs> some of them ended up being amazing just yeah. by happenstance. But right. it's interesting. Is that youth? Do you think that's youth? Because you wouldn't do that now. I don't know, dude. We went to the Lime this weekend and I was like, "These there's- Everybody on the stage, Lance, was 10, 15 years our senior, rocking out. Like it was just called this like band jamboree fundraiser, fundraiser. And it was like every local artist, basically like if we kept playing or like Opie Gone Bad and like all those bands that played together back and they were like having a fundraiser. It was like all these musicians, they were all very good. So, I mean, I don't even, we'd have to, I'd have to be playing a lot more to get up on there, but killing it. And Laura and I were just like, how much fun would that be to get back up there? And there's no reason because we're getting older, we couldn't do that again. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like this point in our lives, like when we were younger, it was like, yeah, I'll go do anything. I don't care what people think. And I'm just going to go up there and do it. 
Um, now you're right, way more calculated, like, ah, I don't want to go up there. The camaraderie of being in a band, and you guys were all family, but for me, I just kind of became a family member. That right there, you don't get that. You just don't get that in most yeah. working environments. You, you don't get that closeness. You also don't get the drama, but you don't get that tight relationship, which is a big reason like I regret not keeping in closer contact to all of you guys because it's like we we were in the thick. Yeah. And even to go through that with your brothers and your your wife is pretty cool. It's pretty unique to have some of those adventures. And to me, like for men, we're missing so much of that, especially as we get older. We don't have that. How do we get that? And that's part of the reason this podcast exists because yeah. it's bonding to like be, have some, some doing something that's channeled. I'm, yeah. how, how do you reflect on the camaraderie piece? No, yeah, I, yeah, I do, I do miss that. I do miss that, and I think, I don't know. I, I talk with you guys today. It's kind of like you think about some of these things, and it's you got these voids you try to fill, and how do you fill them? Right for me, it would be everything I'm trying to create. So I get that same kick that markets when I'm selling sauce. Right, I'm talking to the people. I'm a very extroverted person though. Like I come home from a market and I'm jazzed up and I'm pumped. Mm. I got all this energy from people. I start to tell Laura about it and she's like, ah, you know, cause <laughs> she's introverted. She doesn't want to, she doesn't care about Joe Smo that bought like a tri-pack six times in a row. Like he just loves the sauce. Like she doesn't really care. I mean, she cares, but she doesn't need to like get inundated by it. Tri-pack. Tri-pack. Um, <laughs> and then Laura and I both play sports still. I mean, I've, I, I've already had knee surgery, or not, it's a scope, but because I stop, won't play, stop playing volleyball. I'm filling the void because I need to be mm-hmm. active in a sport. And then, but even then, it's like it's just to the sport. I played with these guys for years and I'd never seen their families. They're like, really? Wow. I, I just say, how are you doing? Great, let's go. You know, and it's just about the sport. And I think you guys were talking about basketball the same way on one of your other podcasts. Like you play and then mm-hmm. you're like, you. That's it. Slaps masses. High five, call each other pussies, and, and that's the that's extent of the relationship. Yeah. But I will it, say it's our awesome, friend, though. It is, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And our friend base out here has all been volleyball. Laura and I, because Laura played in college, you know, so she's still playing. It's still, it sounds like it doesn't Weird. match the camaraderie, though, of, say, no, you know, no, playing I, on I a football topic. team in high school and playing yeah. on in a band. It's like, no. I, I hear where you're going, though. It's like, those are things we try to get that back. Yeah. For me, that it's probably the same as being in a band and rolling around. But what I miss a lot is like sitting in the green room with three or four other comics and busting each other's balls and talk. Because nobody else in the world like relates to people that that all they do is talking. We just call them tags, but like taglines. So it's just four people that talking over each other, trying to get the best laugh and and like nonstop. And it's if you're in there, it's amazing. It's so funny, but you're never going to get that camaraderie, even like in the volleyball crew, especially not when like your families are involved and all that stuff. It's like, it's just not the same. As much as Lance no. tries to throw cock out in the conversation, it's hard to like <laughs> keep that going at like, oh, let's get together at the school PTA meeting. It's, it's not the same. I'm just like cock, cock. No, I don't know, Lance. <laughs> Lance, we don't need that here. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's 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 yeah. it's your approach, or it's the way you do it too. It's it's not like cock. <laughs> it's like straight face. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. Your delivery is just uh, so uniquely great that I always appreciate. <laughs> uh, it. it's so funny. 
I just love bringing yeah. it up, forcing everyone <laughs> to talk about Lance's use of the word cock. Even last uh, week, we got, we got to it. it. Uh, we got he's, to some... he's a professional for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you're making me look, you're, re- you're really exactly. making me look very demented, Matt, and very like <laughs> sexually repressed. And uh, you're forcing, <laughs> see, I have to set him up with these uh, raunchy comments and then he gets to make fun of me. Uh, you guys yeah, have no, it, it works. It works. It does now, work. Yeah, there was an episode where he specifically said, "I like to throw cock out," and I and I've had like ten people talk to me. No, I I laughed my ass off. I yeah. I was just I almost fell out of my chair. Jake and I talk about Lance all time. Lance had this persona, like it's just he would just be this this he's this thing. It's like his own creature, if you will. I can sum it up right here. Uh, Dave's bachelor <laughs> party. Okay, some people have a threshold. Uh, Mine's just a little higher. Uh, I, we and uh, your buddy Courtney, I said, Courtney. Hey. <laughs> that, Courtney's kind of like that too. Yeah, he's a weirdo. He's but a little weird. <laughs> we, we just got out of the strip club. We just got out of the strip club, which by the way, Matt and I both hate. And I think you probably hate him too. We did that one in Des Moines too, which was god awful. Uh, when we were touring. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you remember that? Oh, it, was like, it was like pregnant oh. pregnant women were up there. But oh. anyway, we just got out of the strip club. And Courtney awesome. like, there's a, a smut store. I forget what it was called. Fascinations or something. And, and Courtney and I go in there. Let's get a Because there was oh, a t- like, TV in the bus with a VCR. And so let's go get a video and, and we'll get the wackest video possible. So we got this like fat girl porn was what it was called. And That's we just, right. we popped it on the video and everybody's getting so pissed and they keep turning <laughs> it off. But Courtney and I are just all through the bus, keep popping it back in, turning it back on, turning the volume as high as possible. It's just these huge women. And I couldn't let it go. So all through the night, that was like my main focus. It wasn't about drinking anymore. It was just about, can I keep this this fat girl porn on as long uh, as possible? But that right there, I think, uh, I'm, pre- I'm glad you enjoy it because that kind of sums up what I like to do. And, and the, it's <laughs> reflected in the commercials. Yeah, they're great. What's the one that... Um... The mouse thing. What's the 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 mice eat their own shit? All right, man. You took notes, Dave. Appreciate it. Oh no, but no. this is stuff I'm just remembering for listening to one time. I know. They it's, they hold it's in their really proof. entertaining stuff, and I don't know if it's because I know you guys and I think you're funny anyway, and I like your personalities, or if it's really just really good shit. At first glance, I was like, "What's with his voice? Why is he doing this weird? Is that how he's going to do the podcast? Is that how the podcast? Is he like changing his voice to be like this guy?" And then you guys started the podcast, and I realized, oh, it was just the shtick before the shtick, and then, or but it's not a shtick; it's a conversation. It's real, and I'm like, okay, good. Because I was really disappointed in the podcast at first. I'm like, who's this weird guy in the voice that he's doing? And I'm like, he's like an act, voice actor now, or something. And then I, obviously, yeah. I hear the music. I'm like, oh, this is his music release. This is how he's getting his music out there. Yep. So, so I get it, and I'm, I'm like, God, this is a great way to just release, get your creative releases out. It's awesome. But when I started hearing you guys' actual conversation perfect i'm like yeah we're all just kind of just trying to figure shit out but i i, I just realized uh, with all the stuff that's going on that's been great for me and like the, the business has been awesome all these things i i'm midlife crisis actually happened to me and it's all been well, my health what what been, what's going on if you, you oh, don't health. have to disclose i also did, no, no, no. you said you said you just realized like when you were in it you didn't really realize yeah. that it was a tragedy or what no, no, no. It's like everything is like men. And like, I don't know if you're the same way. We just try to fix shit. Like it's not, you know, that's been probably my biggest pro- or problem. By fix, you mean my... pretending it doesn't exist? That's, uh, that's my not technique. Necessarily. Well, this guy. Uh, we're, all a little, yeah. we're all a little different. Right. We are. Whatever. So I'm like, I, I had this uh, just feeling really off, blah, blah, blah. 
had heart palpitations all of a sudden, didn't know it was causing it, freaking out, right? Because all of a sudden I'm sick, something's wrong and I got to mm-hmm. fix it. And um, it was what I had this weird, just like a tingling in my fingers or something. And, and of course, probably in the normal person's mind, fine, but I'm a little bit of hypochondriac. So I'm like, oh, you know, if I don't feel 100% good, something's wrong, right? So then mm-hmm. I was just feeling off, palpitations were happening, started getting tests done, you know, tests were coming back fine. And then uh, something else, symptom came up. I can't remember. And then I it took my blood pressure because of it. Because that palpitation, they said, take your blood pressure, see if there's something going on. My right side blood pressure is pretty hypertensive. I work out like six days a week. I, I, I'm crazy. I always have to be moving. So it's not like I'm not, you know, I'm eating bad food or whatever. So left side is 113 over 76. Now, now mm-hmm. I'm reading, going down the rabbit hole. If that is happening, there's something major going on with the heart. You know, right? there's mm-hmm. all these things. And then I'm going down the web, like, no, never I'm do dying. it. Never, never do it. I'm dying. I'm going to die. You know, so like life is just like, and it's just getting worse. I'm getting just like my eyes are all jacked up. And I when nothing occurred to me that like, what, recently this is or? the last six months. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. We got you right, like, we, right when we want you. So whatever, I guess my right side needed help. So I'm on blood pressure medication. Then mentally I'm like, I'm on blood, I'm on medication and I'm 40, I'm turning 45. What the fuck's wrong with me? And then in the last few weeks, I just realized that all of this is an internal anxiety thing. This is, I'm just having, I'm having, and when I told myself I'm having a midlife crisis, like there's mm-hmm. just, I'm just mentally fucking myself up with these symptoms start to go away. <laughs> so, so, so you're, I, I you're still on the just, blood mesh, you're still on the meds, but you, you, you know, a lot of it was uh, it's, anxiety it's, induced. It's got to be. You know, and then and then some people just show it different. Like I don't feel like I'm anxious, but I do know that I'm running my own business. I do know that I have ten year old twins that I'm running around town. I do know that my responsibilities are bigger at home. I know, so I know there's stuff. You know, so if there's Genius symptoms, 94. it doesn't have to be a feeling of a heart going like. But it was. I was actually palpitating. So then I'm starting to put it together. I'm like, oh, dude, hey, maybe yeah. I am. Yeah. So. This is great. I could listen to this forever. I know. I have no questions. Keep I like going. the. Sorry. I like your choice. I asked you if you talked to anybody about it. You said no. I think you made the right decision, Dave. Very good. This is the first uh, place to come. So you have a right side induced high blood pressure due to your anxiety, just because you're 45 and fuck it. That's just the way it is. Yeah, just the way it is. So and you you. You're not going to change. You're you're just an amp person, right? That's not going to change. Yeah, I don't think so. So what's the, so? What are you what are you supposed to do? I mean, it's cool that the doctor said you're old. Don't worry about it. But what? what you're not going. to You're well, right, Dave. What are you going to do? Get um, the band back together. Get the band back <laughs> together. Yeah, I guess just be more honest with you know life. I think I mean, you would guess we're the most honest person I've ever heard. Like for the last with, ten minutes, with myself meaning. You're going to get old, dude. You're going to die. You can't hold on to youth forever. You're going to be going through changes. You're not the same. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's fucking okay. It's okay to get old. It's okay to lose your hair. I mean, I was talking buddies. It's not okay. You're wrong. But do you you think the the anxiety piece? Yeah. Yeah. No, the anxiety piece. You look great, by the way. As I I don't know if I said that on air. You look like the same way I left you in 2003. Before you went to India. Uh, Nobody hardly. comes back from India looking like you, man. You did a good job. <laughs> but what the anxiety yeah, piece though, does that have anything to do with age? Or is that is that circumstance? Because that seems like think, what's really bothering you. Yeah, I think that's what stems it. I think it's it's the fear. I I, I have uh, 
and I, I'm probably, I don't know, maybe I'm alone here. I would hope not, but I do have a fear of, I think, I think about death, right? And I think about it probably too much sometimes if I'm by myself and I'm not amped and I'm not busy, you know, I'll be like, you know, I just, I really enjoy what's happening here, you know, with everything. Not that I'm like mm -hmm. an ever positive person. I have my down days and, good, you know, bad and good days, but I just mean like, dude, I, you know, it's, this shit's fun and I don't want it to end. And I think I get it in my own head sometimes and it's totally not rational. I get it. It doesn't make any sense. You can't stop it. But I think as I got older, a lot of it, it just became more and more internally. And it's just been, it's been just taking up too much of my brain power. Meaning is, I don't, I don't know. And it's really fear of death. That's yeah. Amazing. Just like, or getting older. And I don't know if it's just death itself. I think it's just like, I don't want this train to end. I don't know. Like, I don't, I can relate. And it was about the same time that your girl's ages, because yeah. there's this there's this backdrop of leaving kids at that age without a dad just feels so devastating and feels like your whole life was cheated. I th I know it was exacerbated for me during that time. Uh, now I could care less if I if they're teenagers. Now it's like okay, hopefully I die next next week. They don't deserve <laughs> shit. <laughs> they don't care anymore. <laughs> no, they don't give a shit. And they don't yeah, deserve anything. They just Blame want the girls. money. Yeah. So yeah, there's something about those ages where you like, ah, oh, they're because because you're not confronted yet with how big a dicks they're going to be. I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm speculating, but I mean, I do relate to the death anxiety. I had it uh, probably around the same time. Yeah. Did, it, did it manifest itself physically like it has in Dave with the right side high blood pressure? By the way, your left side, 113 over 70 is like... It's it's, it's really good. So that's the problem. Like, like that's what made me go, material. Yeah. what the fuck is going on there? That 20, 30 point yeah. difference is not normal. You have any of that stuff, Lance, with your with your age anxiety? Did it man I don't have any, uh, any health stuff that I know about. Although there's probably like huge tumors growing in my stomach just slowly, just monster tumors. Um, no, but so it, it was, <laughs> yeah. it, it did feel I did, like it manifested in terms of sleep. And there were times where oh. I would get up and I'm not, you know, I'm hyper like you, Dave, I'd get up and I could fucking run a marathon in place. I would, I would sprint in place in my basement up in the foothills, 40 minutes straight to utter exhaustion because I just needed a way to shut, shut off some of that anxiety. So there's just, we're all going through something and trying to yeah. figure it out. And we're all different people. Like some people will hit the, you know, a, a THC pill or smoke up right. a little bit, get loose there. I mean, we all need something at times, but yeah, I felt, I felt similar, man. You focus on glutes, your glutes in, in a time of <laughs> just a, sprint just workouts. Well, when it's I was impressive. a kid too, uh, when I was excited for Christmas or something, I, I did this thing where I'd bounce like incessantly. I could do that, like bounce my head, smash it into my pillow like this. You guys see it, but smash yeah. my head into my pillow and uh, for three, four hours straight. I just strange. didn't sleep at Christmas. Strange. I just sit there and stare at the top. At the, I wouldn't sleep either at Christmas. That's funny. Yeah. So I have this. I wouldn't hit my head now. against the pillow, but I should have thought of that. I yeah. wasn't, I wasn't. It's called bouncing. It's actually a, a <laughs> was, thing. It's a thing. It is a thing. I, I wasn't smart enough for bouncing. I guess, sorry. but So back to, you said you'd wake up and you run sprints. So I, I guess my question more is, is it, was that to physically exhaust yourself or to shut your brain off? 
I think it's to shut my brain off, but I, I only know it's only been successful to do it physically. So even I'd say a week ago, can't remember what I, I think I was hung up about my eighth grade basketball team and trying to prep them to get them ready. And I was up in the middle of the night, man, uh, not trying to make noise, but on my back, just hammering my fists into the air, like at breakneck speed to just release the energy and it takes probably 30 minutes of just going nuts. So I wake up kind of, I mean, I, it gets me back to bed and then I'll wake up sore. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's fucking weird. This is uh, a conscious uh, activity though. You're, that's you're actually really on. brilliant. I never thought of doing stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's not frequent cool. for me where it gets that bad, but it okay. is every two to three weeks. It sounds great. Cause you get yourself so tired. You just go back to sleep. You do. It takes a bit. It takes probably an hour and a half because you, your body doesn't, your mind, your yeah, body it's a mental battle. needs some yeah. space before you fall back asleep, but it works. Huh. I mean, you could do it with any kind of stuff, but then, and then you have to drink water and then you get up earlier to take a piss because you drank so much water after you <laughs> burned 5,000 calories, but it's a mess. I'm a mess, dude. We're all kind of a no. mess. That was my point. I, 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 here, that's a great question. Are we really? Are we really a mess or we, no. we all have our own mess. We're in our own mess, but yeah. is it, who are you, who are you saying, are you saying it's a mess or is someone looking at you saying it's a mess? Is it a professional saying you're a mess or is it your co-host, your, your co-host, <laughs> your co-host. Or, or your, or your guest saying, you know, I, you dudes are fucked up. I'm out of here. This is so dumb. Yeah. I don't know why I spent last two hours talking to you. Yeah. But, but I'm also asking to, to what you're asking him, Dave, like, so you're, you're, to me, it sounds like your hyperactivity is like a is like a a zest for life that that you're like you're you're taking on all these challenges because of it. That's the positive side of it. Where obviously Lance is like when he's doing the the physical stuff in the middle of the night, he probably is not like this is a great opportunity to exercise. <laughs> you're, you're, but he could look at it that way. He could be like, yeah. I got it in. I'm sore the next day. People yeah, are like, why are you always so thin? Yeah, because why are you ripped? Yeah. But uh, so, I mean, that's you're a guy who's like recreated yourself, Dave. It sounds like four times, three times. And you you couldn't do that without this hyperactivity, probably. And, and Lance, same with you. Like, mm-hmm. So it's a positive. But how does that obviously you don't want it to manifest itself with anxiety that causes high blood pressure or insomnia. Yeah. Like you guys have any advice there? Drugs. there. Yeah. Drugs. Yeah. Right. That's what <laughs> most people do. Right. Like, actually. I mean. Yeah. And, and for me, I could probably let go of some other habits that I'm not willing to let go of. I mean, I like to drink beer. Have you medicated? Have you done any medication related to any of this? You said blood pressure medication, anything else? Yeah, that's it. That's it. No, I mean, they don't. And alcohol. And alcohol on the weekends, right? Try not to drink during the week. I I spent most of my twenties just drinking alcohol and being stupid. So this guy could throw him down, Matt. Like I like nobody. I was tiny. I weighed like 160 pounds. I never seen and and go all night. I go I would all not know night. How to shut it off. He would not couldn't shut it off, and then he'd wake up and still be kind of fiery. And no fucking hangovers. It was insane. That's, oh yeah, that's no chain. blackout. Uh, I've had blackouts, which has probably been a sign like, dude, you're drinking way too much, and you should stop. Probably, bro. Come on. Are now. you the champion of your family? You think drinking wise? We talked uh, about an episode where we're bra- like people brag about how much they could drink and how ridiculous it is, but but I uh, still would like, family. To, like to know. Yeah, probably because I kept going. Like, You're the champ. I, I could go like days. Yeah, your brother, your older brother would, would just oh, kind of rival. pass out. 
He'd get there but, close, yeah. but then he'd, fa- he'd fade. Rip Snorter Beer. One can of Rip Snorter, and you'll either puke, pass out, or die. But only if you're a pussy. Make it a Rip Snorter kind of night. Mi gente. Welcome to Open Mic. You may have seen it. There's an Amazon online advertisement talking about how they're going to start customizing packaging to fit better with the item you bought. And there's a tagline that says, no more giant box with a tiny thing inside. And I am just going to leave it at that. Thank you. Seniors 94 is written and produced by Matt and Lance. Commercials editing by Lance. Stand-up comedy by Matt. Music on Blake Scott for Senator. Seth makes sound. Keyboard sounds. Automania 138. Office ambiance. Servo Zero. On Starbucks Orange High Cup. Ambiance by Kerr Durr. Music on Rip Snorter Beer. Bane Mac. Open mic ambiance. Jack Attack Editor. Music. Fantastonia and clapping by Clagnar.